Hey everyone, welcome to Chain Out Podcast, episode 9. I'm Jeremy, with me as always is your co-host Daryl. How's it going, Jeremy? Doing fantastic, Daryl, thank you for asking. Good, good, yeah, good to be here, another episode. It's been a while since we recorded, so... A couple weeks Raring now, hey? to go, yeah, raring to go again, yeah, get back in the seat, see how things go. You're looking good today. I see you're sporting some new gear. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Finally got the, uh, the, look at that. We're repping the uh, EDGA there. Yeah, I got my uh, shirt. I also got a hoodie as well, but didn't want to wear two at the same time. And you're wearing your hoodie, so you wore your hoodie on the last episode. So, yeah, got a nice t-shirt for the summer. Got a hoodie for the uh, the winter and the, the fall time. Yeah, shows our support for the local group and doesn't get more local than wearing your home club's gear, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I noticed that you had it on at the uh, the putting league the other night there. So good to see the merch is out there. That's right. I might have to buy an extra one just so I can trade one off to clean once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, don't say that because I'll end up spending more money. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's a good cause there. Supporting local, so good. So uh, what have you been up to in the last two weeks? You've been keeping yourself busy doing anything? Yeah, watching a lot of YouTube videos, watching a lot of golf. It's been getting a little bit colder over here now. So, you know, winter is finally upon us. Uh, not getting out as much as I want to get out, but I've been watching a lot of videos. Um, I actually have been watching a really good video and things are kind of making sense. They're kind of falling into place every little, you know, what I thought I knew in the beginning, I'm kind of revisiting some things and, it, and it's falling into place. So um, I recently signed up for the Power Disc Golf Academy. Um, with Paul Uliberry, uh, Ezra, and um, ho uh, Holly Hanley. Holland Hanley, yeah. Holland Hanley, yeah. Always get her name mixed up. Um, and a, a video from Ezra uh, really kind of made, because I just put, I've been trying to, you know, buy discs, throw them. Is that the one I need? Is that the one I need? What am I looking for? I never really had a plan of what I was um, trying to build my bag, but. Uh, he, he broke it down really easily and it's something that I never I never really thought about but he started with the putters and he said if you have an understable a stable and an overstable putter hmm. that's three discs like right. I only really putt with Bergs I mean I think I sometimes have a watt sometimes take it out for a proxy um, I do have an A5 and an uplink in there but they're kind of more mid-rangey I mean I do use them for approach shots but basic putters I don't really have a throwing putter um, but pick those three putters, then go to your mid ranges, have an understable, a stable and an overstable mid range. Same with fairway, same with your distance drivers. And if you do that, then you've got a good selection of 12 discs to start the basis of your bag. And right. I've downloaded the apps like most people. I know you've got it as well. Um, and where you can plot the discs that you've got in your bag and it, it will show you in a, in a graph what type of disc goes where. And you can really look at it. And what I noticed was that I have... And this was my mindset is I want always wanted all of my disc to be stable, neutral, because I wanted it to go where I was trying to throw it. Right. Where we're not always trying to throw, not where it actually yeah. goes. No, exactly. It'll go in a straight line. It's just not where I was aiming. It goes <laughs> <laughs> normally like 100 meters to the right. Um, but yeah, actually understanding that, you know, in wind, you need overstable discs. You know, maybe you don't want high glide in the wind. You want low glide. Um, you know, there's always that, if you don't have a forehand, you can always use those understable discs. Sometimes you want that, you know, 
you know, having a time lapse, for example, on your forehand, you know, a distance guaranteed to go left or right, depending on how you're throwing it. Um, and building the bag from there with a, with a kind of a purpose rather than just, you know, buying from one manufacturer or buying it because one disc goes straight. So you want them more to go straight thinking if I could throw it straight, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. But yeah, so I've been kind of revisiting building my bag and, and finding some holes that I, and like I said, I think I have like seven or eight discs that are all in the same category. Um, and which is good as well, because you need to find out which plastic, which mold, which manufacturer works for you, right? But um, yeah, revisiting my bag and trying to have it a little bit more organized. I, I like that idea, Daryl. Um, it's yeah. something I could revisit, because I know I do have a few discs I've picked up over time one of them being the toro is a super overstable disc and you've seen me throw it a yeah. few times i never would have bought that one on my own but now that i've learned how to throw it it's definitely got a spot for certain throws in my bag so i see the advantage of having that overstable disc having that understable and having that flat it also probably makes you a lot quicker in your decision making when you're on the course because you just have those those options to choose from oh i need a straight disc in a mid-range well i've got one that that's it right yeah. i don't have five to choose from in my bag exactly yeah and i think that's what that's the other yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right that's the other side for it is the less discs you have or the um the less choices you have of which shot to play then you're going to get better at that uh disc because you know that if you need a left to right turn uh 150 feet 100 feet you know which dish you're going to grab you're not thinking like you say, which three or four of these, which one of these three or four dish should I pick? Yeah. And I would, uh, and we've seen it before. We've seen people out on the course that are, you know, people go around with just the saddlebags or the hip bags, you know, three or four or five discs in them. Really, when it comes down to it, if we all put our hand on our hearts and admit it throughout the average round, you, uh, don't really throw that many different discs. You know, you're always teeing off on most holes with the same disc, maybe a one or two different discs. Your upshot is always the same kind of approach disc and you're always putting with the same putter, right? So, you know, certain holes, maybe you add another three or four discs in there. I think you could get away with five or six discs per round easily. And people do it, so obviously you can. Yes, yeah. Just the one thing I would probably recommend is stay away from water holes if you're going to go about having only one yeah. disc per, per type of throw. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got to stop saying that. No, they absolutely, as you said, I think it's become a, a little game for our listeners. So between Jeremy's rights and Daryl's absolutely's, you can have some fun while you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Let us know in the comments how drunk you get. What have you been up to? That's, that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to? Well, I had a, a few days left from last year of vacation that I took into 2024. And my family and I got down to Fernie. Uh, we were planning to do some nice. snowboarding, uh, snowboarding. I'd like to be snowboarding right now with the cold, but we were snowboarding <laughs> yeah. and skiing. Um, we have a mix in our family. We got to the mountain. It's a great mountain to be on. It probably has the best snow of any mountain right now in the Alberta, BC kind of area that's close to us, except uh, nobody has great snow. So they have the best of an area that doesn't quite have it. So I got out there, yeah. snowboarded for one day. Uh, realized as I get older that snowboarding is a lot more scary than it used to be. My <laughs> my body remembers how to do it, Daryl, but my mind gets very fearful as I'm going down the uh, down the mountain. 
it's it's funny how those two things are linked hey yeah so then um what i did on day two was i went out to the fernie disc golf course because you know there wasn't a there was some hard pack snow but nothing too bad so i got to play lizard range a nice 18 hole right. course right in town um, I won't go too deep into it aside from it's got a lot of really tall spruce trees that have no branches at the bottom. Like the branches are all high yeah. up in the air. And that was kind of neat because it's like a lot of huge telephone poles everywhere on the course that you're throwing in and around. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I shot above par, but not too badly above par. And, and right. that was good. And then on our way home, I stopped at Crow's Nest Pass and... In Crow's Nest Pass, which is right in the middle of the wind tunnel of Alberta, where all the wind turbines <laughs> are, and, and it delivered on that. This was a nine-hole course that was up and down, and I think it was supposed to be 12 flights of stairs or 12 floors that you climb up and down. But I, right. when I looked at my U-disc rating because of all my missed throws and, and such... I yeah. climbed 40 floors is what it told me. <laughs> that's, and that, quite, that's quite the, uh, the addition. Oh, it was, Daryl. And it was like a nine-hole course, and I was plus seven, I think. But I had a birdie and a few pars in there. So it was just a course that some of those holes exposed to the wind. I had one yeah. drive at the end of the round on hole nine. Anybody who's been out there will know it. I had the wind blowing in my face, threw it off the tee pad. It got floated up in the air like a kite, and it flew back at me. <laughs> and it probably yeah. landed one foot in distance away from me <laughs> and 20 right. feet 20 feet down the hill so i got one foot forward and i went 20 feet down the hill <laughs> after going like 150 out yeah exactly well that's uh you know it's going to be a hard course and you're going to have a hard round when that when that happens yeah but it was great i would recommend anybody to go out there it'll really uh, teach you how to throw nose down it didn't teach me but it'll teach you i'm sure <laughs> yeah well Maybe one day I'll get out there and uh, have a chance to play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you uh, get anywhere else on? Do you stop anywhere else on your way back? No. Um, we did travel up through Calgary on our way back, but I didn't get a chance okay. really to stop there. Oh. Um, just because timing was what it was. It's a six-hour drive back, and if you stop anywhere, you're going right. to be driving into the night, and we didn't want to make more than one stop. Yeah. You got all the family with you. You don't want to have them sit in the car where you go have a, a round of disc golf. That's right. Well, luckily, my family usually humors me and either takes some pictures or participates in, in disc golf. So I oh, appreciate that. There from you go. Them. Yeah, nice. But I figured, Daryl, we've had mm -hmm. two episodes over the last, um, uh, I guess, well, two episodes this year where we've had some yeah. pretty big guests, right? Kristen Swirls in our first episode of the year. Yeah. And then we had Tim Plamondon, president of EDGA, just last week. Um, and talking about Calgary, if I can, I don't yeah. know a lot about the courses down there, but the guest we have this week yeah. sure does know a lot about those courses. So I'm just going to do a little intro. I w I'm very excited, a little nervous, all of these things to our listeners so they know I actually <laughs> wrote down yeah. what I wanted to say. So here's what okay. I've got. Drum roll, please. If you follow Canadian disc golf, I expect you've heard of our next guest. She is one of the best FPO players in Alberta. She has her own podcast. She has worked with Paige Pierce. She is a big disc golf presence on social media with over 14,000 followers on Instagram. If you haven't guessed it already, our guest today is the one, Joe Henderson. 
Hello, Joe. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? We, we are, are doing fantastic. Pumped, excited. We've just been doing a little intro banter here, and I tried to give you like a radio broadcast introduction before we brought you on. <laughs> so hope you, hopefully you'll like it when you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. That's awesome. Well, we wanted how are, to... How are you doing? doing You're enjoying well. the, 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 the cold snap of weather that we're all uh, experiencing right now? I wish I liked the cold. I don't know if there, <laughs> if there is anyone that likes the cold. Please tell me because sometimes I wonder, <laughs> why am I here? Why do I endure this? But yeah, it's, it's good. We're going, getting through it. So yeah, how about you guys? Is it colder where you are in Edmonton? I think with the wind chill, Joe, it's about the same. Yeah. I usually, you guys tend to get the Chinooks down there, and I was hoping you had better weather, but I saw that it was feeling like minus 40 no matter where you were yeah. in Alberta. <laughs> I feel like after minus 40, it's just cold, and that's just kind of <laughs> how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Joe, we're supposed to play, uh, we have Winter League going on up in Edmonton, and I'm supposed to play on Saturday, and I've been really, really quiet about whether I'm going to play or not, because I don't know if I have any discs that I want to risk in that type of cold yeah. weather. <laughs> I'm sure, like, if you hit a tree or something, I'm sure it would just snap, like, just break in half, like, at that point. Yeah. That's I've... crazy. I've never done that before, but I've seen some videos. Even people are starting to post them uh, on social media now. Yeah, it's just wild. Yeah. I think that's happened to my no. husband once, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, nobody's committing to uh, saying whether they're going to go out yet or not. You're going to see what it looks like day of, I'm sure, and then weigh yeah. the costs, weigh the pros and cons. <laughs> well, yeah. and I wanted to, Joe, I, I suggested that maybe we – look at a field house at a rec center, one of those soccer field houses, take a couple practice baskets and maybe just throw putters back and forth because that oh, yeah. would be a lot more fun than, than being outside this yeah. weekend. For sure, yeah. That definitely <laughs> would be more fun. So thank you for coming on. We do want to keep our podcast just moving along with you. And one of the things is I think most of our guests and or most of our listeners are going to know who you are, but there are going to be some out there who don't. So one of the things, and you're going to have to humor me here, this is to give you a little time to prepare your answer. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I've started something rather than just say, tell us about how you got into disc golf. I talk about superhero disc golfer origin stories. Okay, So, like you know, I've used a couple, and the one I've got set up for this week is like maybe your superhero disc golf story would be something like this. Maybe you got in an injury. It wasn't anything too serious but you needed a blood transfusion. And that blood transfusion came from one of your super elite disc golfer relatives, and they couldn't control that power of theirs. But yet when you got that transfusion, it came out and settled perfectly, turning you into this super amazing disc golfer. Now, I know that may not be your story, but go ahead and tell us, how did you get into well. disc golf? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that sounds pretty accurate, actually, if the <laughs> blood transfusion was around 10 years ago. So for me, <laughs> yeah. So for me, my brothers actually started playing the sport and my dad actually uh, way before I did. Uh, they started back in like 2009, I believe. And I think I touched my first disc in like around 2010, like summer of 2010. And yeah, it was it was really fun. I enjoyed it. I played like nine holes and then my arm got tired and I got <laughs> cranky because I wasn't throwing 400 feet and I wasn't getting all my putts in. And I, you know how it goes. Like I got pretty good at my sidearm. I had one disc and it was a sidewinder and 
loved that thing. And yeah, it was really, really good. I would play nine holes here and there in the summer with my brothers or my family. And then, yeah, I kind of realized, yeah, I'm only getting more and more frustrated because I am not good right now. So the more that I actually chose disc golf as kind of my own personal thing, that's when I started liking it. And it wasn't until I got a car, a new car in 2019, 2020, around then. And that's when I started being like, you know what? It's like, there's not much else to do. I, I just moved out onto my own. I used to live with roommates. And I was like, I'm going to try disc golf by myself. So I just kind of like ventured out, did my own little thing here or there. But I went actually, my the course that I fell in love with disc golf at was Rundle Park. So... Hey, we that know was, that course. Yeah, yeah, so shout out to we Rundle Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that about um, growing up with your, your brothers and them playing disc golf because we spoke to Kristen Swirls a couple yeah. episode, uh, episodes ago and she mentioned, she brought up that, that topic exactly that um, women disc golfers going out and learning with male disc golfers sometimes feel frustrated because they're not, you know, you're not throwing the same shots and you're not in the same, um, you know, the area on the field sort of thing is that what you felt as well that, that that just that frustration oh yeah yeah no for me i'm quite competitive so if i can't get <laughs> to the level that they're at at something then for me it's like it's not as fun like i want to be good at something right i want to be mastered right. at it but i actually just uh started doing some self-reflection of like like the whole point is just starting like you just have to start something yeah. and the moment you start it like it gets better and better and better as you go. Like I've been doing these recaps on Instagram of like where I was yep. before, like when I first started versus now. And it's like, if I had just chose to stop, like <laughs> where, where would it be? Right? Like each time I go to the field, each time I go to the course, each time I putt, it gets better. And like, you'll have good days, you'll have bad days, but you just have to go out and start. So it was Rundle Park then that brought you back into it, and that was where yeah. you really started to get to the path that you're on now into your uh, disc golf career. Is that where you would yeah. say? Okay. Yeah, Rundle Park started it all, and uh, my now husband, then boyfriend, he was actually more addicted to it than I was at a time because it got to be COVID, and yeah, he would be like, oh, what do you want to do? Like, let's go play disc golf. And I'd be like, are you serious? You want to go play disc golf again? Like... <laughs> We were just out like two hours ago and I was like, what, what are you doing? And so he was more addicted than I was. And at the time he actually had quite a big social media following on um, Instagram just for photography and like other creative stuff that he does um, online. And so he was like, you know what? You should just like try filming some of your videos. Maybe you'll get an ace. That'd be so cool. And so we mm -hmm. were just filming just to see like a my progress of like how I got better but then also he was, he was like, well, we could like post them and like, I don't know, maybe someone you can like find people to get, help you get better. And like, so I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. We could try that. And so then it just became a thing where we were like, well, yeah, you could just keep posting your videos and then maybe you can like, I don't know, keep adding content to your page or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And then it became, it became this like perfect meld. I've, I've told this story a lot, but like this perfect meld of like creative Joe, which is a very big part of me. Okay. And then there's like the athletic side of Joe. I've always been athletic. I've always loved running. I've always loved biking. I've always loved like being outdoors. That's been like, 
I was a little tomboy as a kid. So, like, for me, <laughs> these two little piece, perfect puzzle pieces just kind of melded together. And I was like, wow, this is, like, perfect, a perfect job for me. So, yeah, it just became a part of who I am. Oh, and, and that's nice. fantastic, like, to, to see that transition from going out with dad, going out with brothers, being a little frustrated, to having a partner who's into it as well. And so we should be thanking Cam for all yes. the wonderful behind the camera work that's happening on all of your socials. Seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh. He is so talented and I a hundred percent don't think any of this would be the way that it is. Like any of my love for disc golf, any of it would be without him. So yeah, him and my brothers I, and my dad, they kind of gave me that them... fire. <laughs> That's good, yeah. yeah. I often wondered that because whenever I'm watching your videos, I always see that you're throwing the disc and cams behind the camera getting all the good shots. Yeah. <laughs> and I know whenever we kind of throw or, you know, when I watch um, uh, Chantelle Bedinsky, like you see yeah. her and Chris going back and forth taking their shots. And I always wondered whether it was just that you that get to play all these good good courses or whether Cam gets to, you know, we don't ever see his upshots and his drive True, and things like that. True, that's a good that, point. So. <laughs> we should probably get him on, on the channel for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he plays them lots, but he, yeah, the more that, um, yeah, he's just been working so much lately. So the less that he's playing every day, the less he's like, oh man, he's getting frustrated now because he's right. not consistent with it, right? <laughs> so it, it's a yeah. give and take, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Joe, one thing too we wanted to do is we was really important to us. We talked about it a bit with Kristen Swirls, and that's where your name had come up as well. Was we think it's important on our podcast to bring attention to junior disc golfers, to women's disc golfers, to everything, and we want to focus a lot on Alberta as well, and we want to focus on Canada because we feel that you know the tour lifes and the grip locks and those guys they've got the professional level done. They've got the US market covered. We don't need to hash that out. We want to bring more attention to all of these important topics. So Kristen had mentioned that you were very integral and instrumental in getting the first women's league set up in Edmonton. Tell us about what drove you to take that on and how that all came about. Yeah, well, it was 2020. I think 2020 or 20. Yeah, I think it was the fall of 2020 was when I was like, addicted head over heels in love with disc golf like I would go to the course probably once a day maybe twice a day like I was there wow. often like all the time and so I just was so enthusiastic about having more ladies to play with I had only ever seen men at the course so I was like where are all the ladies at what's going on like <laughs> come on there's got to be more ladies here and um so for me it was more of kind of finding that community with women and getting better alongside women because I think Kristen and I have actually talked about this, but it's easier to compare yourself against someone who is kind of the same level as you, right? Like that's when I realized, Oh, like maybe disc golf is for me. Like I, I was competing against other women and I found out like, Oh, like I can throw like a normal 300 foot shot. Like this is okay. I'm, yeah. I'm okay at this sport. It's not that bad. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the more you, play with other women that's when you kind of you're like whoa like check out what she can do like look mm -hmm. at that right. and so for me I wanted that and I saw that in like the pros right you can see their their camaraderie and everything like that and so I actually asked Tim Plamondon and I was like Tim what's going on like do we have a women's league coming up and 
honestly, he was already on top of it. I felt like he he was like, yeah, we do. Do you want to like come organize it and come every week? You could just be like the face of Women's League. And I was like, sure, why not? And awesome. so it was, uh, I remember so many meetings, like such exciting anticipation. We couldn't wait for this thing to start. But um, it was me, Vicky Young and yes. uh, Tim Plamondon. So yeah, we would have these like little Zoom calls and we'd be like, what else could we do? What else could we do? And uh, yeah, it was just a matter of showing up each week and then getting the word out there. And I think I used my platform a little bit just to like, hey guys, like I didn't have very many people following me, but at that time, um, but it was really good way to like get the word out and like just be like, hey, we're having Women's League. Come hang out at Women's League. And I think our first day or our or sign up or something. I still remember like getting a text from Tim, I think, or Vicky. And it was like, guys, we're at 60 women. And so it just like blew my mind that like you ask or like you create it and they come, right? Like that kind Mm -hmm. of mentality of like, is if if you create a space for something, like look at that. And it was kind of a perfect storm with COVID as well, I think, because there wasn't a lot of other like baseball or like other activities happening so i think a lot of women were just like yeah why not give disc golf a shot so well that's That's awesome awesome to hear that yeah yeah, just just the fact that you know everybody's probably everybody was in the same situation you know i want to play with more women is there any women Mm -hmm. out there that play disc golf and as soon as you put it out there everybody comes together and you're like wow every there's way more you know women that are interested in this than i thought that's awesome yeah yeah it was definitely shocking actually like even I, I had played with Vicky and Kristen, I think, and and Tim, I believe. I think we did like a little organizer meeting kind of like <laughs> round. But I remember being like, whoa, like it's so cool playing with other women. This is awesome. Like, And then when, when Women's League actually happened, it just like filled my cup every week just so much just to see all the yeah. women that came out. That's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, also too, Joe, I've noticed that um, – well, actually, no, sorry. I'm looking at my little list because I really want to be prepared. No problem. You're good. <laughs> it's You're the good. look behind the scenes. <laughs> but uh, so you had done all that work down in Edmonton and then you've moved on to Calgary and that's where you are. Are you doing, are you still taking that on or is there other activities that are um, keeping you busy or what are you doing to help build women's disc golf if you are in Calgary? Yeah. So last, I think the first year that I was here I kind of was in on the cusp of women's league when it was starting I came Mm -hmm. in the summer so I kind of took the year just to like I moved in July and just kind of took the summer to play tournaments and just travel I went home to BC for a little while and I didn't feel like committing fully to a women's league especially after I had just started the one in Edmonton and And so for that yeah and I knew how much work it was so I was like you know what, I'm just going to take a little breather. And that's kind of when other duties for disc golf kind of like ramped up. So for me, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take a backseat and just go play casually, enjoy it. And that's kind of how that summer went. And then the next two summers, I started playing a little bit more in women's league. And last year, I played quite a bit in women's league. And I'm thinking, this is not like for sure, for sure, but I'm thinking about potentially starting a more competitive league here in Calgary and talking to the women's league there about that. So I kind of talked with someone last year about someone who, who or about running two separate leagues, kind of where one's a little bit more competitive, but on the same night as the other one. Right. And I and think, same, you like, know, location. Yeah. But 
Yeah. And I think that's what the Edmonton Women's League has developed into in my understanding is that everyone comes out together and it doesn't matter whether it's your first night out mm -hmm. or whether you're competing at the FPO level like uh, Kristen is or yourself, is that everybody's there and they will have a competitive aspect for it for the scoring and maybe awarding money if they're awarding money, whatever they're doing. But as for the actual cards and playing together, it's everybody playing together, everyone helping build each other up in the sport. Yes, and I love that. I love the mixed um, divisions. I think that's amazing. And then that way you can learn from those who are competitive or who want to play competitively. You can learn the rules. You can learn all of that. But it doesn't have to be as, like, for me, I'm, like, going out to practice. So for me, I'm, like, I, I want to make sure I'm doing everything, you know, in the proper way that you would run it or that you would in a tournament. So... Yeah. Right. And that's awesome that there's enough interest that you can have two separate leagues. You mm -hmm. know, you can have the league for the people that just want to come out on a Wednesday, Thursday night, whenever it is, and just have, you know, that be their one night out, get out with uh, other people and just have some fun. But then on the flip side, you also have that league separate where people want to take it a bit more seriously and, you know, and have show that competitive edge. So that's, that's great that there's yeah. enough uh, interest in that. Yeah. Definitely. I saw it last year for sure. We play at Curry Reservoir in Calgary, which has a lot of OB. So <laughs> it is, it's such a fun course for me because it's, it's basically like I have to just challenge the OB and challenge the course the entire time, which is normal disc golf you do. But this course is like on steroids with OB, how much there is. So, um, but yeah, so it's, it was fun seeing the ladies at the very beginning and you can see them being like, whoa, I didn't make it to that uh, inbounds area last time, but now I can. Like, you could see them slowly get competitive over the year, which was very, very fun for me to see too. That's fantastic. Well, we, we spoke about it uh, a few episodes ago, I think, but we, you know, to, to shout out another uh, Canadian disc golfer, um, I'm sure you've probably seen it if you, you, you follow him, but Thomas Gilbert yeah, recently yeah. did a, a good video about managing your OB because obviously we know that he's a, a big arm thrower on, on the tour and things like that, but he struggles with uh, being able to control his drives and he goes OB a lot. And he had uh, Chris Clemens and Gannon Burr and they were talking right. about how to manage that OB. So yeah, anybody that's participating in the Women's League in Calgary, go and watch that video. Yes, go. <laughs> I actually did watch that video and it helped immensely. I was like, okay, yeah. We, yeah I think everyone can take something of... from that. Yeah, it's like just throw overstable at the OB and then just have it drop in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're like, what? Yeah. Throw at the OB? Why exactly. would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we always say, right? If there's a tree you want to avoid, just aim at it because you it. won't hit it. You try, you try and miss it, you're guaranteed to hit it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Joe, as well, too, as you're playing FPO events and, and kind of taking on some of the tournaments, we looked at some of the events you played, and we can see that you played the women's tournament, The Crush, mm -hmm. um, that I think has moved a couple times, maybe from different locations. Yes, I think it was in the Kootenays at the beginning and then moved to Kamloops, and then I think this year it's potentially at Raptors Knoll. Oh, wow, mm -hmm. that would be, that's nice. amazing. Yeah. So I saw yeah. that one, and then the Calgary's Women Can Park It as well that that's you played right. in? Yeah, I played that one as well, yeah. And then how have you found, now that you've been playing for a number of years and been in the tournaments for the last few, have you found that the women's tournaments are getting bigger and growing? Are you seeing that, that heartwarming um, aspect of it starting to get busier? For sure, yeah. I think uh, this year, actually, at TCO, so Tournament Capital Open in Kamloops, 
that was when I was like, whoa, women's disc golf is getting big in Canada because <laughs> I went to that tournament and I think we had around 17 FPO in that tournament, maybe 16, maybe 17. But yeah, wow. I was like, wow, this is the biggest field I've ever competed in. It just pumped me up. I loved it so much. And yeah, that was one where I was like, okay, this is getting big. And then we had our uh, Women Can Park It here in Calgary. And that was such a fun event. Brenda and Jody did such a good job on that tournament. It was unreal. They had like perfect little trophies for every single, um, every single division. It was wonderful. And then at the very end of that tournament, they actually had a ring of fire, like the putting ring of fire. Yes. But instead, you got a prize at the end if you made it ever. So like they oh. would have it from, oh. I think the edge of circle one is where we started. And then you take a step in if you didn't make it, grab your putter, and then putt again. And then if you made the next one, you still get a prize. And then if you made the next one, you still get a prize. So every single person walked away with something at that tournament. It was, And there was awesome. probably about 50 people there. It was unreal. That, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's a winner. A, I have a quick sidebar, Jeremy, because we're yeah, famous yeah. for sidebars on this. But just to reflect back to another, I keep going back to Kristen's episode because yeah. so many things that you touch on is things that she uh, mentioned as well. Um, you mentioned about the field getting larger and things like yeah. that. And she'd mentioned that a lot of tournaments in the beginning that she participated in, obviously they're different from the, men, the MPO because their depth of field is so long or uh, deep. But it got to the point where every round you were with your same card mates because the, the, the field wasn't as, as deep. Did you find, how did you find that with a deeper field? Was there more fluctuation in who you were with round by round? And how did you deal with that? Yeah, yeah, no, there definitely was a little bit more fluctuation. I think I was on the lead card the first two days and then the third day I was on chase card. So it was like, I was still with somewhat of the same people, but it was cool though. Cause I was like, oh, I got to play with like over half the field, like, like, I think right. I got to play with close to 12 people, which is crazy. Like, normally I'm <laughs> yeah. used to playing with four, <laughs> which is exactly. wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And normally, like Kristen said, like, normally I'm playing with the same four people and it's, you just go out and you play and it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> we all love each other and it's great. But like, it's just so interesting that like, oh, I could play with another person. Yeah. Like, I could, there could be two cards of FPO. So, yeah, yeah it was just really cool. To experience that for sure that's yeah, good nice. and and with these f with the fpo tournaments now that they're starting to grow what is there anything else that you're seeing that gives them um a difference or something that help is more supportive to the women's game than what you would see at just a general open tournament for everyone are you seeing any things that are being more focused on through the fpo tournament i would say the biggest thing is having early registration for women I think mm -hmm. that's been a huge push and it's definitely helped me. I'm not as organized as I probably should be. <laughs> I am more so for, I actually work for Paige Pierce. I don't know if you knew this, but, um, oh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I'm more organized for her than I am for myself. So whenever I, whenever I sign up for tournaments, it's like, oh yeah, I play tournaments too. Like I should, I should sign up for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's been a huge help to me. And I know a lot of other women's just to create a space and like, a time limit and having like a capacity for women like having already you have like those spots already filled kind of like already taken up so that women can enter 
And um, yeah, I think just having an inviting and uh, like a really inviting place. And like I said before, like having a women's run event is really, really awesome too, because I think that a lot of women are just like nervous about how a tournament goes. Like I've ha- I've kind of like helped a little bit, a couple people here in Calgary with their first tournament like jitters a little bit where they're like what do I eat the night before I don't know what to do like (laughs) tell me how early should I get there and like so that's been really cool too is like being able to see I don't know how comfortable people are and like you can see them making their own little friends too but like also coming to me and some of our more experienced FPO here in Calgary that's great Mm -hmm. now you brought up Paige Pierce, so I think that's going to yeah. move us to a little bit of okay. disc golf profession side of the things. Yeah. And, you know, people will say, find a job that you love and you never have to work another day in your life. There, you've, I've heard that a number of times and I've always been trying to do that. And maybe Daryl and I doing a little bit of a podcast is, is our way to start heading down that yeah. way. But the one thing that you've done is you've managed, I believe, to make disc golf your main career whether it's the approachable podcast that you have with Paige whether yep. it's the work that you do with her the work you do with Jomez your social media content like how did you manage yeah. to do it because just like Daryl and I and I'm sure many of our listeners who would rather not be in front of a computer typing all day how yeah. do we go down that path how did you make it happen yeah just, well, just pinch just just pinch yourself first Joe. <laughs> right exactly oh yeah. honestly seriously i have to do that every yeah. day so uh but first a little disclaimer i do teach preschool so that is my number one primary job right now okay. but in the summer disc golf for sure is my career that is my job um and i do all of this other all the other things that you're talking about on the side as well which keeps me going honestly throughout the week because I'm just so addicted wow. to disc golf and in love with this sport that I, yeah, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But I started doing that in, I think it was, well, I started posting all of that content when I was trying to get better. That's kind of how it began. But it was like post, post, post. And then I kind of was like, you know what? I think there needs to be more women in this sport. Like, again, I was like, mm-hmm. this is, crazy like how are, how is it that all the men are on Jomez like you have Germ you have Yuli like what's up with that like there needs to be some ladies on Jomez so I actually just emailed them one day and I was like hi Jomez Pro I think that women should be like more represented on your channel and this and that and I basically said I'm doing this thing already at the time I was doing something called throwback Thursday so I would ask people to send me their videos or tag me in their videos of them throwing from the past because I had all these videos that I was like what am I going (laughs) to do with all this like I have all these videos of me throwing trying to get an ace or learning a backhand or throwing a sweet forehand or sidearm or whatever and I was like what am I going to do with all these videos I'm sure other people have videos of themselves throwing disc golf discs like I'm sure so I just started doing Joe back Thursday and then I, or throwback Thursday. And then I told Joe Maz, I was like, you know what? I have an idea for (laughs) you (laughs) because we have the same name. And I was like, you know, we have the same name. You can adopt this if you want. And we can call it Joe back Thursday instead of throwback Thursday. So then they jumped on board and it was, it was a really cool partnership for a really long time. And yeah, they, they were super responsive. They emailed back right away. I had meetings with them about, 
honestly, the podcast was the first thing they were like, we want a women's podcast. We want a women's podcast. And I was like, whoa, hold, hold up. I don't know if we're ready for that. I don't have a mic. I don't know how to do a podcast. I'm not ready for that. So yeah. I was like, you know what? Why don't we just start with either highlighting women's leagues is what uh, I wanted to do also because I was starting that league in Edmonton at the time. So I said either highlighting women's leagues or we could just do Joe Back Thursday where everyone is welcome. And um, then we don't have to put a gender on it and everyone is welcome, right? And so they were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go. Let's do that. Why not? So we decided to partner up. I think it was April 1st, which was so funny because <laughs> it's April Fool's Day. And I was like, oh, no, our announcements on April Fool's Day. No one's going to believe that I'm working with Jomez Pro. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, that's so that's how that happened. And then did you want me to go into how I started working with Paige as well or if you're yes, if you're comfortable yeah. oh, talking about that yeah, too, yeah. we'd love to yeah. hear it. I don't, I think a lot of people see one. I have a few sidebars. To, to, I have a few sidebars that we need to circle back to, but okay, yeah, go okay. ahead. If you're in the flow, go ahead. Jeff. Sounds great. Okay. And then with Paige, I uh, actually got a DM from her back mm -hmm. in summer of 2021. And all it said was, do you have a job? Question mark. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. At the time, I was moving from Calgary or from Edmonton to Calgary, and I was switching school boards. At the time, technically, I did not have a job. <laughs> so I was like, no, what do you need? <laughs> and yeah, wow. this was the first time I had ever heard or talked to Paige at all. I have never really spoke to her at all. Um, and then... Actually, my mom and dad and my brothers have met her before I did. So oh, wow. that was funny. In Thailand, wow. they played with her or like they saw her play and they played as well. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, she just asked me if I would like to work for her. If she needed an assistant, assistant and then a manager, a tour manager. So she was like, hey, do you want to fill this position? And I kind of just dropped everything. And I was like, yes, please tell me what I can do to help make your life easier. I can whatever you need, I can do it. And so, so I just kind of, yeah. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but I was going to no say organizing or do, teaching preschool and then you've got all these little kids all around. Is that pretty easy transition to then running a tour <laughs> for a professional disc golfer? <laughs> I mean, not quite. No, it's not quite the same thing, which is actually probably to my benefit because if I had to go do preschool with a bunch of four-year-olds and three-year-olds and then come home and do another four-year-olds and three-year-olds, I think I'd be like <laughs> so tired, <laughs> too tired. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a different skill set and I, it, I adore it. It's amazing. It's really cool trying to fill gaps. Like I have to try and figure out like her accommodation for certain events and like try to create like the cheapest option or the most affordable option or the easiest for her to like get around if it's like airfare or something along those lines. Yeah, so that's been really, really fun and signing her up for tournaments and all that kind of good stuff. Great. That's and do awesome. you ever get a chance to oh sorry, you have some sidebars, Daryl. I'll ask one yeah. and then I, then it's back to Daryl. Yeah, but I would ahead. say yeah. do you yeah. do you get a chance to um travel with Paige in any of the time over the summer at all? And and how is that? Yeah, I do get to travel with her. I usually just fly out to events um and meet her at events and then I'll just stay at the Airbnb with her. But yeah. it's been awesome. Like I think uh, 2022 probably was the biggest year that I did the travel. I think I went to six events 
and it was so fun. I actually went to OTB and caddied for her, and she won that one, so that was pretty cool to see that happen and unravel, and yeah, just really fun to kind of be there on the ground, and for me, it, I think, helped me to learn, like, I have 30 seconds, and I have, like, you can check the wind multiple times, and, like, just ways that you can, um, I don't know, just channel that professional level of disc golf and understand and know what it takes, right? And, like, how much pressure these putts or these throws are actually happening, right? Right. And that's the thing, right? We're we're watching the coverage, and we see this person throw, then it cuts to that person throw. We don't see what's going on while they're waiting and things like that. So Mm -hmm. being able to learn from her while she's waiting, what she's doing, you know, I'm sure she's just not watching them, you know, like we do when we're playing a practice round, we're watching the other person throw, but she's probably, you know, like you said, looking at the wind, looking more focused on her game and what it takes to play her game than what everybody else is doing. So that's that's exactly a good insight. Yeah. 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 I was going to throw it back to a couple of the questions that you or points that you made there. And it was just funny that they kind of they kind of all these round pegs fit into round holes when you said it, because I <laughs> my story is that I've been watching Jomez Pro and, and coverage and disco for about seven or eight years. Uh, I'm, I'm going eight years now, Jeremy, because we've been doing it since 2023, um, but never knew that Edmonton or Canada even even had any disc golf. I know Thomas Gilbert was on the tour and things like that, but never really decided to um, get into disc golf until one year. I just decided this year, actually, or sorry, March 2023. of 2023. Um, but I'm kind of frustrated or sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. I'll start with the first thing. <laughs> I remember watching Joe Mez and their Instagram and things like that and seeing the Joe back Thursdays. So not knowing where it came from, I just remember seeing it pop up and I'd be like, oh, her name's Joe and it's Joe Back Thursdays. That's funny. <laughs> but now knowing where it came from and the fact that you, you know, reached out to them and said, yeah. this is what I want to do. And, and they were all on board with it. That's that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And then the flip, the, the second part that you mentioned about doing the uh, podcast with uh, with Paige, the approachable podcast. Um I remember when it came out, we would see the advertisements on Jomez Pro all the time. But for whatever reason, at that time, I wasn't into podcasts. I wasn't listening to them. So I would see it, but I would just carry on with the, the, the coverage and then go and do something else. But since I've gotten into to disc golf, I've started to listen to all the podcasts and everything I can consume. And it pains me to hear that in your first episode, when you were introducing yourself, you know, Paige, the five-time champion, you, the am from Canada. Yeah. Your yeah. story was, well, I, you know, I, I just started disc golfing in Edmonton and uh, and it kind of sparked. And I was like, if I only listened to that podcast <laughs> when it first came out, I could have gotten into disc golf way earlier. So soon, so much sooner, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. So, yeah, I wish I, uh, wish I, I wish I watched it from the beginning when it first came out. But yeah, no, that's awesome that Paige actually reached out to you, Yeah, you know. She saw yeah, something still in your word. Just blows my mind every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, as well with the approachable podcast, you guys did a good job in what we have heard. Like we, we try to consume as much podcast and everything Canadian we can. And we listened to the Thomas Gilbert one. And of course the ever amazing Carrie Neal episode as well. And yeah, I've yeah. noticed that you guys have stopped um, doing podcasts. Can we expect to have you resume them at any time? 
I would hope so. At this time, I'm not positive. We got told that we were on a spending freeze from Jomez, so I'm okay. I'm not positive. But and then right. if we don't have a podcast producer, Paige and I kind of are like, we don't really know how to do all the back end <laughs> stuff. So whatever you're doing on your end, wow, amazing job because that's not my forte and it's definitely not her forte as well. So yeah, I'm sure if eventually things will get up and running again but yeah as of this time probably not which is really sad for me to say so being on a podcast well, is quite fun for me so thank you for having me you bet it all started from you sending an email to jomez so maybe if any of our listeners want that approachable back send jomez an email saying exactly. we want approachable back we want to hear more from women's disc golfers mm -hmm. and maybe that'll be the push that they need to get it started again right yeah exactly yeah. And to give you if, kudos, if not, for... Jeremy and I will offer our services as well, whatever we can help. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Awesome. But Joe, definitely listening to those episodes, it's, you're so natural, the two of you. And it's something that we are trying to emulate in ours in the fact of just trying to have a good flow and a nice repertoire. And, and if you guys can get back to it, that'd be great because it's so good to listen. And we'll say to all of our listeners, you need to check out those episodes of Approachable. Check out Thomas Gilbert, check out Carrie Neal, but check them all out because they're all great. So Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we hope to be back soon, I hope. Yeah. Can we move um, along here just a little bit to your FPO mm -hmm. side of things? Yeah, definitely. Because what I'm looking at is your progression in following your social media. And as you said, you did some videos where how you were throwing before and how you're throwing now. And it's like this exponential curve of what your improvement has been over the last couple of years. So are we going to see a lot more of you playing some FPO tournaments? Are we going to see on maybe the Canadian disc golf tour? Would you look at a DGPT event or? That is a very good question. So for me, it's kind of all based upon how much Paige needs me at the moment. So if she needs me to be on tour, I'll probably say no to my own disc golf needs and I'll go on tour with her and, and for me, that does fill my cup just the same way. It's just a little different, but I still get to like participate and be a part of disc golf. And that for me is really fun. So it kind of depends on if she needs me, but if she doesn't, I'm hoping to sign up to all of like the A tiers in Canada for sure. So hoping to, but. Well, that's yeah. great. Cause we, we've been starting to make our list, right, Daryl? And mm -hmm. I think uh, we've had a few yeah. of the A tiers on there. So maybe we'll be able to cross paths that way yes, when you're there. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also going to Memorial Disc Golf Championship in the end of February as well. So that will be my first big U.S. tournament. So, yeah, I'm excited about that one too. Oh, well, we've heard great stories, Memorial, right, Daryl? Yeah. <laughs> Memorial seems to creep up on this podcast all the time. Yeah, we had a, a definite, two good stories from uh, Kristen and Tim about their rubbing shoulders with the pros down there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time, and I'm really excited. I think I'll be, I don't know wh which card I'll be on yet, but I'm like, I'm leaning towards Fountain Hills is probably going to be my favorite course because I think the water is a little bit less intimidating on the, that course than it is on Vista. So I'm like, okay, which discs do I bring? Which discs do I leave behind? Because I do not want to lose them. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Awesome. So one of the other things you brought it up earlier is that you played in TCO and another podcast in Canada here, Parked Pro Northern Flights. They did a great job. I actually, on one of the other podcasts I mentioned, so I'll keep it short, but my first 
tournament was last year was Tundra Toss in Edmonton was oh, the yeah, winner one. Nice. And then I heard some, uh, I heard Terry Hong and some other people talking about this tournament in Kamloops. So they said, oh, okay, well, let me take a look at that. I have a friend out there. And my second tournament ever was TCO. Oh, hey, that's <laughs> amazing. The, which was an amazing experience in that. But we've since had a chance to watch the coverage that Park Pro put out there. And one of the things that was amazing that mm-hmm. I don't know, many, not many people get an ace. But you got an ace yeah. in the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was nuts. <laughs> yeah, I you... lost it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> you did, yeah. <laughs> you oh, went yeah. crazy. I, I don't think I've ever had that type of out-of-body reaction before in my whole life. Like oh. it, Because I think mostly why I thought it was so crazy is because it's an island hole, the hole that I aced. Mm-hmm. So it's... I think it's around like less than 200 feet, probably just shy of 200 feet. And I thought for sure I was going to hit the barricade and B.O.B. And I thought, darn, like it's a bogey, like for sure. So I was like, great. Now I've lost another stroke. As it's flying in the air, I hear Brianna Ainsley shout, get in the chains. And it's just... It's heading straight towards them, and I'm just like mouth open, like what is happening? And it's just flying, hysering straight into the chains. I hear the chains, and I just lost my mind because I was like, I got it, I got those strokes back. Oh my gosh, like I can't believe it. So I just, yeah, it was. And then I didn't even realize till the very, very end that Cam actually got it all on video, which I was like, what are the chances of that? Like this whole time I've been okay. posting disc golf content. I've been trying to get yeah. an ace on camera, and it happens at a tournament. So at a tournament, yeah. So that that footage that we see in the Park Pro, that's Cam filming. Yeah, that? that's Cam's. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he now, pulls through again. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Thank you, Cam. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe, now did you do the whole? This is what I envision if I ever get an ace in a tournament. I'm going to throw my bag down. I'm going to run right down, grab that disc, thank oh, the crowd. Totally did you do did. the whole thing? Yeah, I I was like, guys, guys, can I get it? Can I go get it? And they were like, yeah, go get it. Run, run. And I run felt in. like I was running so fast. I was just booking it. And wind was in my hair. My hat was flying off. I threw my hat in the air. It was just a big old ordeal. But... Yeah, I don't think I've ever, like, I'm not an, like, I'm social, I'm not really an extrovert, but I'm not like that, like, I'm not, like, a loud person, right? So, for me to do that, I was like, who was that? <laughs> like, oh my goodness, yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, Joe, is that well, Joe? Just... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, is that disc now on the wall in your house or is it still in the bag being thrown? It was in the bag before winter, but right now it's <laughs> on a disc golf shelf that I have. Um, but I do want to put it back in the bag. I got another ace with it this really? year. So I'm like, this is my only disc wow. that I've, I've aced with it three times. <laughs> I only have three aces. So I'm like. Wow. Do I just keep it in the bag? Because am I ever going to get another ace if I don't have that disc in the bag? So <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> well, well, which, which disc was it? It was a Discraft Zone, but it was actually a pretty special one that we got in North Carolina at the Disc Golf Pro Tour shop. So it says DGPT and then 2021 on it. So I'm like, I, right. I kind of want it back in the bag, but we'll see. 
<laughs> well, Joe, you know what you can do with that disc when you're ready to retire it. I believe it was Yuli who said you keep that disc in there and that becomes the bag captain. So that there disc doesn't go. throw, but it keeps all the other discs in line and tells them what that's they're supposed like to do. It. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. more like it. I like it. That's great. No, I was just going to just move it along a little bit here. I know we're getting up in time here and we wanted to get you out of here. Or, um, we don't want to keep you too long. Um, part of the thing that we do at the end of every podcast, it's become a bit of a staple here. Now we, we, we go through this uh, section that we like to call Desert Island Discs. It started off with uh, being shipwrecked on an island, and it was an 18-hole golf course there. Which three discs are you, are you taking with you, Joe? If you, could ha if you had to have a choice, it, originally it started out as a, dis um, a distance driver mid and a putter. Um, but Tim changed all that. <laughs> yeah, Tim, as you, well, firebird, maybe you do firebird, or you don't firebird. know. He, <laughs> you got it. Very pretty close. Much. It was firebird, firebird, fire. You went firebird, firebird, firefly. Oh, I knew it was. It's got to be a firefly for yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, which three discs are you know? You mentioned about your zone there. That's got a special place in your bag. Whether you're gonna take that on the island with you, but yeah, which three discs are you picking? Definitely a zone. A zone is always a must. I definitely love my zones. I'd probably put with yeah. the zone too. I don't normally, but I could put with it. So we'll say you the can, zone yeah. for like the putter approach. And then yeah. I would say, I mean, Sidewinder is just like so nostalgic to me, but I don't know <laughs> if nostalgia would really help me on an 18 hole course in shipwrecked <laughs> mode. Um, yeah. But I would say the felon uh, was one of the discs that kind of got me into the sport a little bit more. So maybe the felon. Right which Tim is going to scold me for because he's always been telling me to get a firebird. But, right. sorry, Tim. Um, it's and your then, bag. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I would probably say maybe an Undertaker. I really love oh. the Undertaker. And for me, it's that like neutral, stable, neutral to stable flying disc. And I feel like you could put it on kind of any angle and it can use the angle but then also come back yeah exactly there it is page yeah. pierce undertaker page there you <laughs> go yeah. everything yeah. everything ties in together right there you go yeah but it's yeah. like one of those discs where it's like you could put it on any angle but it still always will come back to that left like it'll still come back left if you're yeah. right hand back hand throwing but yeah, yeah so i love it yeah nice one, one thing that interests me is that every time i give these questions to people i say which, which three discs do you need to you take with you People think way too much about this disc golf course. They think, oh, I need, I need a disc that carries water. I need an understable. I need an... There, there is no course. It's just whichever three discs you like. But yeah, I like how all of my people, discs are stable. You know, <laughs> I like how much effort Oops. and thought people put into which disc they want on yeah. this imaginary course. So that's awesome. Yeah, I should have added an understable disc. But, I mean, I live in Calgary. It's going to be windy on that island, right? So Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Well, Joe, that's great. We appreciate that you've given us as much time as you have, um, but we want to make sure, and we do this for our guests, we want to make sure if you've got anything you want to shout out or anything that you want to talk about, um, we want to give you a moment to do that. For sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, if you want to head over to YouTube and follow me on YouTube, that would be amazing. It's just Joe Henderson Disc Golf, and I am hoping to make a ton more content this year, and that's kind of my priority for 2024. And Instagram, I'm Joe Henderson Disc Golf, and anywhere 
Joe Henderson Disc Golf probably is the TIG. Um, <laughs> but uh, most and foremost, I am sponsored by Grip Equipment for 2024. So I would love for you if you wanted to get a bag or anything along those lines or have questions even about a bag, just hit me up, ask me some questions. And if you are planning on buying one from Grip, use my code JoeGift10. But yeah. JoeGift10. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, that's thanks. Awesome. Joe and Daryl, you got anything to wrap us up before we let Joe go? Oh, there was, I'm going to keep it short, Joe, but oh, yeah, I could, no I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say one other thing to congratulate you with is that 2021, 803 rated, 2023, 904 rated. Your progression is amazing and it's what we are striving for. I don't know how you did it, but Thank you. I want you to bottle that up, put it in a package and send it to me. <laughs> I know I will. Okay. I'll, I'll think of all the things that happened. And I think the number one thing was putting. I, it, nobody likes to hear that, but no putting got a lot easier in 2023. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. That's awesome. Work on our putting, Jeremy. That's what we got to do. Okay. So Joe, we hope to see you out at the tournaments. And if we're down in Calgary, We've seen your videos. We are going to probably get some recommendations from you off air to tell us where to play because we want to hit some of those Definitely. great courses down there. And I'll come play with you. It would yeah. be awesome. We can hang out, have a have a little round that together. That would be me. wonderful. Yeah. Fantastic. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. Awesome. Thank, Thank you for, you for time, having Joe. me. Take care, guys. No Thank problem. you. Okay. Thank Bye. Daryl, I don't even know what to say, man. Hey, things just keep getting better and better for us. Oh, I, I'm, I really am. I'm speechless at this moment. You're going to have to give me a, a chance. Hang on. I need, I, I kept it Hang down on. there, but I'm going to yes. need to. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much, Joe. It was wonderful having her on the podcast. I, I'm, we're so blessed, Daryl. Like we're having guest after guest after guest. And we've said this before is that every guest we're going to have on, we're going to have a great conversation and, that didn't change today. And we've got somebody who is with Joe Mez Pro, who is huge know, in right? women's disc golf, who is working with Paige Pierce, who's creating podcasts. Like, how do we do that? And not just working with Paige Pierce. Let's give, you know, props where props is due. She's an FPO. She's a professional disc golfer. Yeah, well, Somebody that's... that we know, or, you know, we've just spoken to, is an assistant, a tour manager <laughs> of, a, of, a, of an FPO player. Like that's, yes. that's insane. You know, I mean, where, where do we go from here, Jeremy? I, I don't know, but we'll are, find are out we, next week. Know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, I don't think we should get carried away. I don't think we're going to be, I, I mean, uh, you know, you know, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and pumped up by Joe's comments about the, all it takes is just send an email to somebody <laughs> and you get, you know, if you don't, I've always been told if you don't ask, you don't get which is a good way to live by, right? People always say, oh, well, good things never happened to me. Well, did you do anything about it? Well, no, there's no point because nothing's... Well, if you don't try, you're never going to succeed. And I, you know, yes. I firmly believe that. So, I mean, it's just hearing that, that good... Um... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have waited uh, till the end for that beer. But, you know, you hear all these good, uh, feel-good stories about when things happen. And, and just, you know, I'm, I'm so glad for Joe that all it took, you know... That we we spoke to Tim about when he went um, 
Soccer to golf. Oh, soccer golf. No, yes. when he went to soccer golf, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on that day. So his he took that fork in the road and he went down to Rundle and he picked up the frisbees and then that was it. That was all that uh, you know is written. Written. The rest is written in history. Like if he didn't, if if ball golf was open that day or soccer golf, who knows where he would be right now? And the same for Joe. If she didn't send that email, if she didn't think, oh, you know what? What's what's the worst that can happen? I'll just send that email, and look where she is now. Exactly. And I, I was surprised that you were able to hold your tongue as long as you did, because as soon as she said she didn't have a producer to do all that background thing for the <laughs> podcast, I was waiting for you to go, what do you think I do the whole time? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess I kind of uh, I didn't live up to my own uh, analogy there, did I? I should have maybe, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get, but I didn't ask, so... <laughs> I kind of slipped it in at the end there. It was kind of a, did. a backhanded kind of, well, you know, but I mean, you know, the way that, you know, the way that uh, the approachable podcast is run and things like that, I think it's a little bit more in depth into what we do, but maybe it's not. I mean, like I said, it's we'll out get there. there. Yeah. Joe, also- Joe, if you're watching this episode back and you're still watching at this point, you didn't just uh, hit stop when uh, you got <laughs> off the, uh, when you ended the pot, when you, when you, when you ended um yeah it's there anyway (laughs) i'm not gonna say it (laughs) well you know daryl as well and i had to bring that up at the end because if when we were talking before about resolutions and such and i was joking about what i did last year where i was just like yeah 800 850 900 those are gonna be my goals and i couldn't you know i was well below 800 the progression that she's made and and uh, kudos to her because i know just from watching her social media and how much she throws and how much she practices and how much she works and puts in that time and probably does the things beyond just going to the course and playing around like a lot of people do. She probably is in the field doing field work. She's working on form and doing those things. But to me to see a hundred point rating change to 900 in two years, like that's impressive. And what makes it even more impressive is like I, I knew that she had a background in teaching. I didn't know that was her full-time job. I just thought maybe she was a, a temp teacher or something like that. And the only reason I say that is because she does produce so much content on, um, the you know on Instagram. She's always going to, like I say, we see we see these videos. Maybe it's like us that she records five or six in a weekend and then saves them up, sort of thing. But she has so much content out there, content out there on YouTube, on Instagram. You know, she's doing all these things as well as tour managing and assisting Paige Pierce in the summer the, to hear that actually she has a job as a teacher as well. I'm, I'm just thinking, when do you get the time to do everything? It's one of those driven, focused um, females that, you know, goes after what they want and somehow manages to fit it all in. It's, it's uh, amazing. And then still improves as a disc golfer on her own. Right. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I could, con- I was trying to contain myself when she said, Oh yeah, I think I'll put out more content this year. I'm like, how are you going to put out more content? You put out so much as it is. <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, it, it amazes me how every guest we've had on, we, we get to the end of the, the episode and we're looking at our show notes and we're thinking, well, I didn't get to ask that. I didn't get to ask that. And you think, well, you know, we'll have this guest back on as a, as a repeat guest sort of thing. But 
with Joe, there were so many things that we, we wanted to touch on that we didn't get a chance to. And we, you know, I know we were limited on time with her today, but it's, she's definitely somebody that I would want to have back on again. And I'm sure we could interview her again and have a whole another episode of things that we didn't get to ask. You know, I want to know who edits all her videos. Does Cam right. do that? I know Cam's a photographer and he's got a lot of, uh, you know, in that video videography uh, kind of uh, world. But if she's editing them as well as she's starring in them and creating the content and keeping the website up to date because she has a website as well um and the instagram and the youtube like just blows my mind i'm still struggling to trying to get the video out from uh, the uh, mystery box so <laughs> <laughs> just shows that i'm not doing enough oh well there you go well you know we still have some time here we like to keep going with the episode so do you want yeah. to move on to some of the other things we've got but thanks to joe and and maybe let's say this is that we'll put all of joe's socials in the bottom of this um in the notes here in the show notes for this episode so make sure yeah. you go down there and check those out so that you can follow her on everything don't just go to one follow her on everything support joe let's support canadian disc golf let's that's what we're all about so let's continue to do that yeah um and we'll definitely have a calgary trip planned and if joe's uh, available we'll yeah we'll line up with her. Maybe we can record some content then that would be great. And we could really get a few pointers for our games. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Stop saying absolutely. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got to take another sip. You can do that. Well, if you want, do you want to, yeah. the one, the, a couple of things that we have that's in the stuff we like to cover is we want to cover yeah. winter league. And it has been two weeks since we have recorded, not two weeks since our episodes have come out. But um, right. so just to catch people up a little bit on that, uh, December 30th was a round at Hermitage. I got to play uh, with one of the top scorers. Uh, let me let the cat out of the bag. I wasn't that top scorer. <laughs> well, you were the week before or the, or the, uh, the time before, before at Hermitage. Did... Yeah, the, uh, yeah. So but that weekend... Uh, Dylan Froelich and Duncan Holness, they had the hot rounds with minus seven. So not yeah. quite a minus eight, Daryl, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, not bad for a couple of young punks, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but they, they, were, they were really hot rounds and it what was I mean by that, great. Yeah, what I mean by that is just that you're old and that they're younger than you, so I'm not calling oh, them punks. Uh, yeah, Leah, let's just throw that out there. Rub. Are you putting the salt right in the wound? What are you doing there? <laughs> yes, well done to Dylan and Duncan for those uh, minus seven rounds. That's awesome. I, you know, I dream of a minus seven round. Yeah, and I, oh, I was dreaming when I did the minus eight. I still don't think I actually did it. I must have scored it wrong or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, judge's ruling. Yeah. Well, and I want to do a shout out from that week and kind of we've started to do our little romper room shout outs and that kind of thing. But this one yeah. here this week will be for Jacob Newfeld. And the reason we're going to shout out Jacob Newfeld was he got the first ace of the winter league season. Yeah, Guess what hole he did. Ace. Oh, real legitimate. Guess what hole he got it on. Or if you know, tell the yeah. listeners. Well, I know. Yeah. And we've talked about this in our hermitage review of which holes we think are aceable. And let me tell you, it wasn't hole three. No. Nope. It was hole 11, which is no uh, mean feat to score an eight. We've said it was aceable. And I guess this legitimizes the fact that it, you know, we think that it's aceable. And, and uh, uh, Jacob went out there and proved that it is. So, yeah, that's an awesome ace to get. Yeah, and let me tell you a little funny story about the day. Was we had a card of five, just the way things shook out. 
and yep. we were on hole 12 is what we chose to start on. So 11 was the last hole. And I okay. said to our group, I said, you know what? There's some great players on the card like there are every week. Are you guys okay if I film some of the drives on some of the holes? So that if somebody hits band or hits cage, we get a video of it for you. You know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll catch something good if I video it. I probably videoed six, seven holes. We wrap up on hole 10 and someone says, oh yeah, we got a fist bump. It's the last hole and good round, good round, good round. And that distracted me. And I didn't even <laughs> pull my camera out to catch uh -huh. this ace. <laughs> Typical, right? We always say things happen when you don't have your camera out. So have it out all the time. And then just unfortunately, well, sorry, Jacob. Yeah, but Jacob had this amazing sidearm flying high up in the air, so far away from the basket it looked like, but that's because it was catching the peak of its throw. And then it came... Yep heisering down and smash right into the chains and i think he was shocked because he's like that just <laughs> did that just happen <laughs> nice yeah yeah well you may not have recorded it but he had four other team card mates that witnessed it so that's, did you did he get you to sign your disc or anything like that or uh well we took some pictures uh if he wants right. us to sign the disc we can still do that after the fact but we I took just... some pictures to commemorate it for him yeah okay that's good yeah so that was the highlight. Perfect. So again, congratulations, Jacob. Uh, yep. Well, it was, I'm going to say that was week four, I want to say. Does that sound yeah, probably that would be right? Yeah, week four. Yeah. yeah. You started at Rundle. Went yep. to Hermitage, went to Rundle, back to Hermitage. And then um, our next round that was at Hermitage, uh, sorry, out at, on January 6th was at Rundle. And when we were out there, I, again, maybe it's just my luck to be on the, the hot cards because I happened, because we've been flipping discs to determine cards, right? So it's not like we're yeah. picking who we're playing with. We're just flipping discs and however it shakes out. But um, yeah. Uncle Stephen Newman shot lights out. <laughs> so get this. Daryl, what's your best score at Rundle? Plus one. Plus one. And I think mine is plus one or even. I've never been under yeah. par. I know that for sure. Yeah. So I was didn't have the greatest day. I shot a, like a plus eight, which I was... You know, that was tough. But yeah. Steve Newman shot a minus 10. Minus 10? <laughs> yes. Double wow. digits. And, double and digits under par in Winter League. In Winter League. And get this too, Daryl. After yeah. nine holes, he was already at minus seven. <laughs> well, <laughs> and which hole did he start on? We started on one. We started on the adjusted one that they've got out there, the winner wow. layout. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's no mean feat. Yeah, it to was be minus it was... seven after nine holes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So and then finishing minus ten, and I know he would tell you that there was a couple more uh, birdies he could have picked up where his putt just hit cage or was it was there, but it just wasn't quite right. high enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. So congratulations awesome. to Steve on that. Uh, and definitely now yep. out of the whole winter league, that is the hot round. My minus eight doesn't, it may stand at Hermitage, but minus 10 is the one that stands at Rundle. Well, I mean, you're in a league format, so I guess you are competing against the rest of the, the league. So you're always trying to vie for your, your, you know, the highest position you can get on. But, you know, if, if nothing else, take away the fact that, you know, minus eight at Hermitage is your own personal bet. So you know yeah you've got to take that away from it right it's not that you're you are competing with all these other people with their hot rounds but you know no one will take that minus eight away from you jeremy 
No. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> well, speaking of courses in I have rounds... to make up because I called you old, so now I'm buttering you up. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have a co-host next week, right? <laughs> right. That's okay. I, I, got, I got the number for Joe now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, another one, too, when we're talking about courses is I realized when I was listening to our episode with uh, Tim, it's because it's been a couple weeks mm -hmm. here, we did mention that the very next day after that recording, we were going to head out and uh, get you out to Norwester and hopefully yeah. change your mind and change your heart <laughs> on the course. And I think we should maybe talk a little bit about that. And I think our listeners, uh, you know, a couple in particular that uh, play out in the West End, I think Kevin is yeah. one of them for sure. They want to know, are you going to, you know, change your course review structure and push Norwester well, up the, the ramp? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll start off by saying, I mean, I don't, you know, on the grand scheme of things, Norwester is okay, but I mean, it's no Augusta, <laughs> but we went out there to play the round. We, you know, I've never played the, the full 18 layout, like, um, that's actually on the UDIS. So like I've only ever played it, um, probably doubling up on some of the tee pads because some of them are, it's not quite. For me, it wasn't quite evident of which um, T-pad was the front nine and which T-pad was the back nine and, you know, the smart layouts and things like that. So, yeah, first time I've played it with other people that know the layout and which pads and mandos and things like that because there was, I mean, I'm thinking hole one, you mm -hmm. know, it, there was a mando, but it used to be this mando, but now it's this mando and this tree is going and, like, it was a bit, not confusing, but, you know, unless you're with somebody that knows the, the layouts and and the restrictions, um, it can be a little bit um, confusing. But yeah, we went out there. And I think, I don't know if I alluded it to, to it on the podcast, or I think I did mention it to Kristen on Kristen's podcast, was the reason for not liking Norwester was based on the setting. Whereas Rundle, Hermitage, Niska, you know, Bailey's Crossing, all these other courses, not so much... Um, August, uh, the hills, but they're they're set in rural um, rural areas. Do you yeah, have like that whole feeling of, and, yeah. of the park? Yeah, you have that whole feeling about the whole course. Whereas Norwester is plunked down in the middle of an industrial area, so that's why it doesn't feel like a, a disc golf course to me. Well, could but, I say to that we when we talk to our guests, we do the desert island discs we can say that, yeah, Norwester's in a park, but it's legitimately a concrete island around that park. So on the edges yeah. of holes, like it's, it's, you don't throw online, you're throwing onto the road, right? Like it's that tight the way that park is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned about, you know, you don't aim at the basket, you aim on the road because what happened on the back <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you were going to go there, were you? <laughs> I got to go there because it's part of the round that we had. So well, what I've, so my, my three discs we, we mentioned, uh, my three desert Island discs were going to be the Berg, the echo and the wave. Right. And I think the last two times that I've played, I played at Hermitage, um, with Mark the time before, and then we played at Norwester for all of us. And whenever I've been throwing my wave, and now whether this is to do with the cold, because I've heard on another podcast that in the, the cold, in the winter, 
your discs become more understable. Right. Just because of the air molecules and and the cold, the dense air and whatever else goes into the science behind it. But your discs become more understable. Or whether I'm just getting better at throwing my discs and my wave is a minus two. I found the last two times that I've thrown it is that it is always understable for me. So right. I forget which hole it was. Which hole was it? Nine. It would 10, have been 11, five. 12, no, it was on the back nine, wasn't it? So oh, so five plus nine, 14, right? 14, 14. Um, I threw my disc and I was I got a wide open uh, fairway <laughs> to aim t for, but whether I threw it on some Anheuser and it was already understable, I threw it backhand and we just all watched it drift and it drifted out of the fairway and uh, happened to hit a parked car. We won't mention which car it was. No. There was somebody in the in the vehicle. Which probably truck. scared the living crap out of him is what I'm thinking, right? This thing <laughs> oh, hit it the... It must have done. Yeah, hit the drive... Was it yeah. like around the driver's side door? <laughs> Somewhere around there, yeah. So... You know, we could all watch it. We were watching it floating, and I thought it was just going to go into the road, but then seeing the vehicle, and then, you know, we heard the, the hit. So, you know, take your medicine. I picked up my bag. We walked over to the the driver. He hadn't gotten out of his vehicle, so right. thinking that maybe he was waiting for us to, to get over to him. But we went over to him. We approached him in a nice, calm, collected manner. You know, first thing I said was, uh, sorry, that was my disc that hit your, your vehicle um he didn't seem bothered by it i said you know i don't know if you want to get out and check for damage i, I, I don't know where it exactly hit or how fast or mm -hmm. you know whether it glanced it or anything like that and he said no it's fine it happens he wasn't too concerned about it so you know i said it, uh well i apologize and thank you very much and well it was the best case scenario that could have happened in a situation like that daryl in my mind yeah. and what it does is it's kudos on you and i i was walking up there with you as well um just the matter of to all of our players out there if you hit something if something breaks whatever the case is these things happen these are accidents yeah. and as you said you just take your medicine and, and go take care of it because we always want to make sure that disc golfers have a good name with um everything yeah. in the city uh and, and what's going on so if we've got a good name and we own up to what's happening then that just shows that high class that we already know our players are and just continues yeah. it so that was good on you and, and and it turned out good it could have gone other ways but this guy was like nope it's all good happens i'm yeah. not worried about it have a good day and and that's the thing right i mean i threw the disc it hit his vehicle there's no way that i'm going to argue that it didn't or it, you know what damage mm -hmm. it did you know there's no point arguing or anything like that just admit that uh you know a bad thing happened but like you said it was an accident so but like you said it was the best outcome he was uh very receptive to my apology um we picked up the disc and we carried on and and no more was said about it so yeah that's you know you throw on rundle or hermitage and you throw a wayward shot and it goes ob and you're stuck in the trees <laughs> you throw a wayward shot at norwester and you're in the road. I mean, it was like, you know, whether it was lucky or, or not, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a moving vehicle. You know, there could have been a higher impact. It could have been a windshield. It could have been mm -hmm. so many other different scenarios, but that's, you know, that factors in. I mean, not, yeah, it's on me as a, a disc golfer. If I was a better disc golfer, I'd be able to keep my disc in the fairway and, 
you know, wouldn't have to worry about it. But if I was a better disc golfer and I could keep it in the fairway, then I wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast. I'd be out on the Canadian <laughs> Pro Tour or the, the, the pro, uh, you know, the, the Canadian Disc Golf disc Tour golf or tour. the Pro Tour. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, we're, most people that are playing that course are not professional golfers. So those are likely things that are going to happen and people need to be aware of. Well, and Daryl, if, if money wasn't an object, what I would suggest for that course would be to take a look at, say, Victoria Park, um, the Victoria Park Golf Course and Driving Range. And you know, when you drive up the hill towards downtown Edmonton from the River Valley, they have the yeah. tall posts and all of that netting covering. So technically right. that would be, and again, it's a money thing. Like that's the, I'm sure that's very expensive to do, but yeah. that would probably help improve Norwester a lot, especially it doesn't have to surround that whole park because that's crazy. But there are right. a lot of areas when those throws are right along the edge of the curb and onto the road, that would probably yeah. do something to enhance the comfortability for everybody involved, players and non-players alike. Yeah, exactly. So basically what we're saying is not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's yeah, your opinion, so we... Daryl, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use that line that's my line Jeremy. <laughs> well I, we hadn't heard it yet tonight no, it i didn't want to go on episode it, it doesn't work on me <laughs> everybody else but not you yeah so okay, but we got gonna... through that <laughs> oh you don't know don't even go there i know where you no, were gonna go keep going keep going uh so yeah so we but, played the rest so... of that round at Norwester and and Keep yeah. going with that. Yeah, and we were joined by somebody else for the uh, like the last four or five holes, I think. I think uh, Briggsy was out on the course and joined up for us, so we ended up with the four four of us just finishing off the uh, the back nine. And props yeah. to Briggsy recently here too, right? Because uh, yeah. if you haven't Give checked it out yet, out. you know we're doing a podcast here, and we thank you for listening to that. But Briggsy was just had a little feature on CTV News. Um, yeah. so if you haven't checked that out, I think we've reposted it. If we haven't, we'll make we'll, sure we do that. We have. Yeah. Yeah. And no, um, I don't think we have actually, so we should. Yeah. We'll put the link yeah, we'll in the repost it for sure. And we'll, we'll put it on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good to have Briggsy join us because Briggsy also was listening to the podcasts and understood your dislike for Norwester. So he wanted to show you the pro layout tees. And I think he showed <laughs> yeah. us what three or four of those as well yeah exactly yeah showing and those proteins i don't even think they have a smart layout i think it's just if you know you know that's right yeah i think but, briggsy um, has a yeah. couple of those layouts so if you ever find him on a course and want to see a, a different way to play he'll, he'll have it for you yeah he was mentioning that uh he was doing that out at jubilee yes. creating a, a you know a different way to play for you know to spice things up on the course um, playing across from different baskets, different fairways and things like that. So, yeah. But we finished it. We did the 18. I said I would go back out there. I went back out there. I'm a man of my word. If now, I don't, I don't know if you've got the drum roll sound effect cute or not, but I think we've got to decide. I... Has Norwester improved on Daryl's list? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> so, I mean, if we're, if we're going by my list, it, it dropped off the list. Right. Because it was at number five, and then uh, Niska came into the list off. and pushed it out. Yeah, yeah, and pushed Norwester off. So it's at number six. So it's not even on the list. 
Right. So to get on the list, I mean, Hermitage, Rundle, Niska, Langholm, The Hills is my top five. Actually, right. it's, it's seven because Jubilee is six and Norwester is seven. Oh, wow. So not only is it got to be better than Jubilee, it's got to be better than Augusta, uh, The Hills to get onto the list. Right. <laughs> and? Does it do that? Does it? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> so much no, build I mean, up so much build up no it i just still don't like it i mean it's it's okay it's a it's at least i mean it's got some good things going for it because it's an 18 although it's you know it's the same nine but you could say that about the hills but the hills the difference between what you know one teapad to the other is minimal at least with norwester your you are your your tea pads are from a different area. I think right. of um, uh, let me just run through one, two, three, four, five. So hole six and hole yes. fifteen, I guess. You know the two tea pads are opposite end of the the field there. Yes, and right? then even That's... seven too. Yeah, you are correct with that one. And even seven when you're That's... teeing off the top of the hill, and then that yeah. crazy mando on the back nine. Yeah. No. Exactly. So yeah, it definitely. You know, I'm not comparing it to the hills in that regard, saying that oh, the hills has eight or, or eighteen and you know things like that. But yeah, I think it's just I don't want I don't want to. I keep hearing myself and I keep wanting to say the difficulty of the the course because I don't want to say I don't like it because it's difficult. I don't want right. an easy road, which I know the hills is easy because it's basically a putter and a mid you know mid at, at pitch best and on putt. That, a pitch and putt course, right? Um, but I just think that it's the layout, the area that it's in, it's, you know, there's no danger of going wayward and hitting cars or, you know, the, the, the fairways are not narrow enough. Like I'm th always thinking of hole two. I know mm -hmm. most of the fairways are a bit wider, but hole two just, I just don't let, enjoy that because the gap is so narrow and you've got the trees on the left that you're always going to hyzer into. You know, you don't want to throw a, a wide shot to go around the back of the trees because there's some trees there that can stop you from going out that way. Um, or you end up in the trees or you end up on the road. So, yeah. Unfortunately, Kevin... To all the Norwester fans out there, Kevin included, Daryl yeah. is not moving it back on the list. We tried. At least we tried. Yeah. We tried. Now, the what? I, and I gave it a go. But I would yes. just while we're talking about making lists and courses and things like that. I don't know if you noticed on our last um, video on YouTube, I was getting called out by a certain Miss Kristen Swirls that oh, basically you? South, South Siders should uh, stop whining because <laughs> the, the North Side <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs> well, being a North Sider, I would tend to agree well, with Kristen. I know, but disc golf, Edmonton disc golf is all inclusive. We need yes. South Side. <laughs> you'll 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 die on that hill right exactly although giving a bit of an update i mean i haven't heard back yet but i have sent an email but um i did some research from the last episode when talking to tim about right. beaumont and that, that he has oh. nothing to do with it and i i know, probably know more about it than he does sort of thing um so i did some investigating and it's on their website and they've done an update um the current beaumont disc golf location um is no more they're pulling oh. it out they were doing construction for the storm drains right and the 
the course is permanently closed until they can find another suitable location. So that makes sense. I've emailed asking where you know what you know where we stand on that um, process, where whether they have somewhere in mind or if they're just going to kind of let it go by the wayside unless people ask for it. You know, maybe they uh, won't think there's a need for it. So anybody that wants to, you know, it's probably if anyone lives on the south side, I mean, it's probably just as quick to travel to a Beaumont course if we get a, a nice nine or an 18 somewhere down on the south side in Beaumont. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in having another south side location, send an email to Beaumont. You can go on their website, beaumont.ab.ca, I believe it is. Okay. Send them an well, email and uh, find out what's happening. But yeah, currently there's no plans or nothing in place that they've said. Um, they're permanently closing the current course of the Four Seasons. Well, good on you for um, reaching out to the city and working on that. I'm sure if you talk to Nick Legault out here in St. Albert, he'd give you yeah. some tips on working with the smaller cities and how to make that happen. Of course, Tim's got a ton of experience too, but I think it may take yeah. somebody like yourself or other disc golfers to jump in and show that there is a demand and put a little pressure to say, let's find another spot and, and get this yeah. course back up and running. Because if they've got yeah. the what do you call it? If they've got the baskets and the infrastructure, like the, the parts for disc golf, then it's just yeah. finding that new location. Yeah. And I think you know, they, they, I think it was probably two or three years ago that uh, Beaumont used to be a town, but they applied for city status and we're now classed as a city. So they are planning on expanding and things like that. And they did just create a, a um, two baseball diamonds with a, an off-leash dog park. Uh, in a nice big area just on the outskirts of, of the city right now. So they're definitely expanding it and they're they're looking at moving and, and creating uh, more spaces for people. So I definitely think they're um, not opposed to it, but it just means that we just have to show that you know everybody wants it as well. Right. Now, we were talking about Norwester. I do want to plug DJ Disc Golf again, as I always like to do on your behalf, because you're too humble Thank to you. do it yourself. Um, but we always talk about the desert island discs. So we had enough, just enough time to play nine more yeah. holes at Norwester after we played the 18. And what we did was Mark was with us and the three of us, Mark, we made him stick to it. He wanted to, how many times did he try to make a change where he's like, can I have two pures or can I have yeah. a putter I, and yeah. three discs or yeah. Which, which pure did I spin? Which, which, um, which mold, which plastic he was, uh, yeah. He, he, he was, was definitely for trying to bend the rules there a bit, but we made him stick to, we didn't, we, we, we allowed him to, we didn't say which putter or which pure he had to pick. We just had to pick no. one. Yes. So we made him pick his three desert Island discs that he's, he had said on the podcast and yeah. you and I had both mentioned our three and you had said yours might've changed, but we made you stick with yours as well. And then we recorded yep. some, uh, well, I, did we record much content with that or was it more just a matter that we went around and uh, played with it? Yeah, I think it was just an Instagram post that we showed our disc to start with and uh, didn't necessarily post the scores, which Mark really wanted us to post. But it wasn't about the scores, Mark. It was about the taking part. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so after that, I guess we should do, why, why don't we do this? We haven't done this in a little while, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, Daryl, but if we were to do Desert Island Discs today yeah. for you and me, would you yeah. change anything, especially after playing I around would. at Norwester? Okay, you would. I would. What would you do? I would, and I, I would, and I've got you to thank. 
Oh, do you? Yeah. You and Jesse from Trash Panda. Because one of the discs that I've been throwing recently, and I'm amazed at how good it is, I, I, whether I, you know, I didn't really give it a, a go when I first got it from you, but I've tried it again and again. I think I would replace... Well, I don't know, though, because it's the Vandal. The Vandal that we swapped because you had right. two Vandals and I had two Falks. So we did the Trash Panda Disc Golf Exchange exchange. Yes. Um, so we ended up swapping there. So I got the Vandal. And since I've had it, it's been... It flies like I expect it to fly. It's got the, the turn and the fade exactly like the flight numbers. And I know we say sometimes that flight numbers don't matter and things like that. And the more you beat in discs, they, you know they don't really fly like they're supposed to anymore but yeah i i've i've definitely been pulling that one out of my bag a lot more would it replace my wave probably not because i don't think it's got the distance would it replace my echo probably not because i don't know if i could throw it for those mid-range shots okay so having said that i don't know if i would replace it <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a good backup i don't could know you put with your echo oh I mean, I could. I mean, we you always can putt with anything, but yeah, exactly. Whenever you throw your upshot and it lands fifteen feet from the basket and you miss with your putter, you always pick up the you know the the one that you approach with and you throw that in. And player two makes it with any disc, don't they? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do. Maybe it could replace the wave from my driver. It doesn't. All I want you to know to... is whatever you say now is going to be held true to one of our next oh, rounds. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. That. Well, good job you said that. I didn't know. Now, now you got me thinking. Now, I don't know. Are you are you changing any of yours? When I think about it, let's just have a recap. What did you pick? You picked your musket. So I've got my EV. Yeah, my musket is my long disc. My yeah. Lazadal hex is my mid. And then yep. my EV7 Phi is my putter. I'm not giving up yep. that putter no matter what because I throw that really? putter. It's my throwing putter. It's my putting putter. I just had it out at Putting League this past week, and it was it yep. was fantastic. Um, and as for the Lozado Hex, it's got Ace written on the back of it, so there's no way that I'm taking that out of there either. The only okay. one that could change, and again, this is, this is another Jesse Trash Panda, is I've really enjoyed throwing that Falk. Um, right. when, I, when I did get a birdie at that Crow's Nest Pass course, it was with the Falk, and I had a nice throw in that understableness of it, yeah. pulled it out a little to the right, and then brought it yeah. back, and it did a nice S-curve. So if anything, yeah. I love my musket, but if you were going to make me change one disc for the next round, I would take yeah. the musket out and give the Falk a try for that uh, one round, and I hope we don't get explicit so, lyrics for my pronunciation. I hope I've said it clear enough. <laughs> yeah. So you're taking out a 10-speed musket and putting mm -hmm. in a 9-speed Falk. Yes. If if that's what you were going to do. Whereas I would, I'm thinking about a 12-speed wave. Yep. Excuse me. I'm putting in a 9-speed Vandal. Well, why don't we do that? And we'll give it a shot and let everyone know how it goes. Oh, Can I convince I you? Do I get you sold? Okay, well, if you take out your musket, I'll take out the wave, and we'll we'll go with the falcon, the vandal. All right, oh, done. Okay, okay, yeah. I was gonna say, why don't we pick three new discs? But no, we'll we'll stick with the uh, the putter in the mid for now. Yeah. 
But I don't okay. know if we're going to get another round anytime soon. A lot of people have been talking. No. I'm going to say, let's call this out today. So this is before the okay. next Winter League, which is going to be some reports show Windchill is going to be minus 42. Some show yeah. it's going to be minus 28. I'm saying today, I don't know if Jeremy is brave enough to get out there. And all of you other people who have been saying that, oh, I'll be there. I don't care how cold it is. Let's see if you get your 18 holes done if you do. I'm going to shout you out next week and give you tons of kudos. <laughs> okay, hang on a minute. Hang on. Let's just clarify here because I'm a stickler for wording. So you okay. said, I'm just going to call it out right now. Yeah. And then you said, I'm not sure if Jeremy's going to be there or not. So then you're saying, I don't know. So okay. If you're, call if you're calling it out, either you're not or you are. Well, I can't do that yet, Daryl. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say... Because if gonna you say, say, okay, I'm calling it out right now, I may or may not be there, then that doesn't solve anything. Yes, You're not that's calling an out anything. Yeah. All right. I will not be at Winter League this week. Okay. I mean, it's a fair Shocker. assumption. I think, that, I think that's the way that it's going to go. I mean, we're not going to hold it against you if it suddenly warms up and you go. I yeah, think yeah. that's the best I mean, option to say is to say I'm not going to go and go than to say I'm going to go and don't show up exactly yeah because then you're yeah. uh you're going back on your promises but yeah no i don't think i mean the way like you said the way things are looking i know our buddy mark texted us today saying that he was outside for about 40 minutes in his best winter gear and he came in and he was frozen like a board so i don't think you know if people like you said if people go out there and, uh, and stick it out all the power to them and well done for you keep your score your weak scoring you know streak alive Yep. But that's the other thing you got to think. When was the last time you played? Probably last Saturday? It was. So if you don't go out this Saturday... I'm putting my streak on the line. Oh, you know, now I, you're really see, making I, me think. <laughs> yeah. Can How I, much can value I... do you put in that streak? Because I did originally until I had COVID and I couldn't go for a week. And then it's like I'm starting from scratch and you're probably 30 or 40 weeks ahead of me. It suddenly didn't seem so important then. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'm if I go out there, I'm going to be wearing baffin boots, a balaclava, yeah. snow goggles, snowmobile mitts with the the nose rags on the back of them. Like that's how I'm. I don't yeah. know what that round is going to be. It might be my highest scoring and, round ever. And that's the thing. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really looked into the the league rules and things like that because obviously I'm not taking part. But if you don't go a week, does that affect your overall score? as opposed to going this week and having a bad score? No, I think it's taking uh, a certain amount of your rounds. So it would always take the right. best rounds that you played. So I, I don't think it would have any effect upon, uh, other than that, you just have one less round to add to that. Accumulate. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so there's not really a downside to missing the week. It's not like you're throwing the whole league standings into jeopardy or anything like that you're nope no. and i guarantee you if i shot bogey golf dressed up like that i'd be happy that would be oh if yeah. i was plus 18 then i would figure that was like being par the exact same thing yeah no i understand mm -hmm. well daryl you know what we were talking about we wanted you know we don't know how many people get to this part of the podcast yes uh, but this is where we like to shout out our socials and such um we want to try and maybe put that a little earlier and catch some people get some subscribers but something's working because we started 2024 yeah. 
So December 31st, 2023, we had how many YouTube subscribers? I think we reached 20. 20. Yeah, we, we had just reached Tim's 20. On episode, we shouted out that we had the, the big two zero. That's right. And now we're have Kristen's episode's been released. Tim's episode yeah. just dropped here. And as of yeah. today... And also, we also had uh, some good uh, reposts and, and shout-outs from Joe Henderson as well. She put it out on her... You know, retweeted the Kristen episode and think I say retweeted, reposted. Sorry, reposted. Reposted yeah. um, the on Instagram the Kristen episode and and commented on some videos and things like that. So obviously she's got a big following, like you mentioned earlier, um, fourteen thousand followers on Instagram. Over fourteen, but, yeah. Yeah, just to make sure that it hasn't changed, I'm going to okay. do a live update. A live check, riveting but podcast. But I know what material. we had it's still the same so as of today we had 20 followers we now have double that we're up to 40 40 whole subscribers and actually a good thing to mention on that was the fact that we we had 38 and we were hoping that we were going to get to the 40 and then for whatever reason you know things happen we went down to 36 Mm -hmm. so you know that's going to happen you're going to lose you know um subscribers you're going to gain subscribers but we went from 38 down to 36 and then within like a day or two we've now hit the big 40 yes so we're almost we're almost at our ages like... <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? almost <laughs> yeah hopefully uh, we get to them pretty soon but um yeah i mean these numbers seem low in comparison to you know what you see around the rest of the youtube and disc golf world and other followers on different platforms and things like that but for the short time that we've been doing it really i mean we've you know we're like say we're on episode nine mm-hmm. we're putting out one a week so that's only two months that we've been doing it and the fact that the numbers just keep growing it you know every every analytic we run on the video and things like that always show that there's green numbers you've reached more people this week the, the watch time is up the subscribers is up everything seems to be going in in the right direction so i can only imagine that once this episode releases and we get more and more um guests on the podcast and things like that we're just going to go from strength to strength jeremy yes so thank you to all 40 of our subscribers we appreciate every one of you and yes. we're looking forward to the next 40 and and on and on and on yeah. and with that what a and, segue well, daryl <laughs> or keep well, going I would just like to, i would just like to say that just because it's only 40 subscribers don't let that put you off page the the <laughs> the, the quality and the content is here it doesn't yes. matter if it's 40 or or 4000 that's right it will be 4000 we're putting it out there yeah. at some point it will you always yeah. shake your head at me but <laughs> Page, if you're listening, it's chainoutpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. If you want to check out our other content on YouTube, search YouTube for Chain Out Podcast. You'll find it there. If you want to check us out on Instagram, chainout underscore podcast. I'm sure you'll have seen it because Joe has retweeted, reposted some of our um, videos. Um, Facebook, find us on Facebook if you'd like to use that platform, Chain Out Podcast and TikTok, we have a few videos on there as well. So we're getting to be social media content providers ourselves, Jeremy. We are. And if people want to email us, they can email us at chainoutpodcast at gmail.com and we'll respond to you as quickly as we can. I I thought I just said that. Oh, 
maybe I just tuned out like everybody else does when you talk about socials. <laughs> so, it's okay, Paige. You're only getting me. Don't worry about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah, have the brains, have but you don't have the looks. <laughs> there you go. You can't have everything. <laughs> yeah, well, well, what a fun episode it was. Yes. Thanks again, everybody. And I think we can get everyone to join us this time. So what do we got for this week? If you happen yeah. to go out and play in the cold and you throw your discs in there, there's a good chance your discs will shatter. But hopefully if they shatter, they don't... Chain out! out. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Catch you next time. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna edit that part. Blooper reel. There you go.